Hello, welcome to Sideline Story, a podcast all about sports and sports stories behind the scene. I'm Yang Guan, and joining us here are Brandon Gates and Fu Yu. The long-anticipated managerial replacement for Manchester United is now set. Dutch coach Eric ten Hag has been confirmed as the manager of the Red Devils from next season. What differences will ten Hag bring to Old Trafford? How would he help rebuild United in the hopes of returning to the top in England and even Europe? Stay tuned to find out more in our discussions. Well, it looks like another disappointing season is inevitable for Manchester United. Their hopes of making the top four in the English Premier League are drifting away. To secure a Europa League spot is now a more realistic target for the Red Devils. Man United aimed high in the beginning of the season after signing the likes of、um, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rafael Varane, and Jadon Sancho. However, Man United didn't reach the high expectations of fans and experts. They even played some embarrassing games, like the two defeats to Liverpool. The 4-1 loss to City and the 4-1 defeat to Watford, which led to the sacking of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer.、Um, after Ralph Rangnick took charge, things didn't get better either. Brendan, as a die-hard Man United supporter yourself, how would you describe their performances this season? Well, I tell you one thing: it's very hard to be a die-hard fan at this point in time. It's more of a, a sideline fan at this <laughs> point.、Um, watching Manchester United these days, considering that I've been watching them for over ten years, and just knowing some of the success and enjoying some of the success that we've had in the past,、mm-hmm. it defies logic. You know, Roy Keane, our former Manchester United captain, one of the best players we've ever had, described it very well. He said, "This is not the United that I know, and this is not the United that I played for." And he's completely right. The fear factor has completely gone away from Old Trafford. Teams arrive at Old Trafford and play with full confidence, possibly more confidence than Manchester United even have. There's a number of reasons for that. I think the number one reason is. Defensively, I think this is the poorest Manchester United team in history.、Mm-hmm. The 80 million pounds spent on Harry Maguire、um, from an investment point of view, you know, I'm not sure who made that decision or who <laughs>、um, was kind of in charge of, you know, scouting him or deciding that he was worth 80 million pounds. But and and I, I hate I hate to kind of slam one individual, but he has been absolutely shocking. Um, I don't think he gets into many Premier League teams. I'm not sure how he gets into the England team on occasions.、Um, so I think the fact that he's the captain and our marquee signing in defence is one of the biggest problems. I think also Victor Lindelof has never reached a, a decent level at Manchester、mm-hmm. United. Eric Bailly is very on and off form, and he tends to be quite temperamental.、Uh, he gets red carded quite often. And Rafa Varane, I thought, was an excellent signing, but unfortunately, he has been、um, injury prone for a lot of the season. And of course,、um, Luke Shaw has also been very、uh, injury prone. And Aaron Wan Bissaka, who I've always been a fan of,、um, he's also just kind of dropped off for some reason. So,、mm-hmm. I think the vet, you know, I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. But I think if I had to pick one reason, let me let me pick what two or three reasons. Okay, so number、okay. one, defensively, that's the biggest、yeah. problem. 
Number two, the signings that have been made. J- Jaden Sancho has made no impact. Donny van der Beek made no impact. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo has made a massive impact and he is still performing at an incredibly high level, but he's not receiving enough support. And I think also a number of star players have not been performing to the heights that we've seen in previous seasons. Marcus Rashford's not performing. Bruno Fernandes is very inconsistent. Paul Pogba is probably the most talented footballer in the world, but he doesn't seem to want to play for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. So that's also a massive problem. Um, so I would say those are probably the biggest. Oh, and of course, we've, we haven't had a coach in maybe the last year or two years that has solid tactics. You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did a good job in terms of bringing back United's attacking flair, but I think he lacked experience and, you know, tactical awareness. Uh, the current coach, I can't even think of his name right now. Ralph, Ralph <laughs> um, Ralph Raniuk, thank you. Yes. I mean, he's basically a glorified PE teacher, in my opinion. I, I don't know how much he knows about football <laughs> tactics and he doesn't have much, you know, managerial experience. So I think those are probably the three key reasons, maybe in the last two or three seasons, why United have not been performing well. Yeah, um, I mean, Harry Maguire, that part, I totally agree. Um, I, mean, I mean, I watched some videos, some fans put some clips, some videos about his mistakes and um, his um, sloppy performances on defensive side. That's just a disastrous. I must say, it's the first time I heard so much criticism from you towards one <laughs> single player. <laughs> You know, it's, I hate to do it because I do understand that, you know, they are human beings and they do struggle at times <laughs> and maybe he is just going through a bad patch. But the length of time that it's been going on for and also just the of how bad it is, you know, it's not one or two bad decisions. It's three or four bad decisions every game. And it's a bad <laughs> performance every game, week after week. So I think Manchester United fans have just run out of patience for this guy. Yeah, I also saw some comic about um, how um, the situation is going on with Man United. Um, it uh, vividly pictures a situation when Cristiano Ronaldo is putting the team on his back and moving forward while mm. Harry Maguire is dragging the team <laughs> backwards. <laughs> you know, just to put it into this perspective, I would be very surprised if United tried to sell him if they could even get £30 million for this guy. Yeah, the management uh, need to certainly think about how they be to with the Maguire this summer. Um, for you, Manchester United has been a bitter rival of our favorite team, Bayern Munich. But look at them now. Is this the same United team we record that uh, was on the same caliber with Bayern? Of course not. If you look at where they are, this season, I mean, Bayern Munich is still in contention for the Bundesliga title as well as for a spot in the next in the next season's UEFA Champions League. And uh, like you said, United uh, right now the most realistic goal for them might be to fight for a Europa League uh, spot. Um, and I think a, a lot of the problems. Brendan already mentioned uh, because he knows a lot. He knows about this team a lot better than I do, and he's invested a lot more time in them. Uh, but I saw some discussions about whether Cristiano Ronaldo is the problem at United, mm. and I definitely don't think so. Because how can a player in his role and performing at the level he still is at the age of seven? 
at the age of 37 be the problem for a team that's in the middle of a transitional period. Um, We have to note that Ronaldo is still very prolific this season, but he might not have fitted in the squad as well as he did during his previous stint at United as he was at Real Madrid and Juventus. And the rest of the team can't seem to provide Ronaldo with the support that he used to enjoy at previous teams. So I think this squad, if they decide to keep Ronaldo next season, will have to make some major changes and sign a few players that are efficient, flexible and consistent in the midfield to make sure the assists are effectively delivered to players like Ronaldo. Yes, for you, just going back to what you were saying, I'm so glad that you agree that Ronaldo is not the problem. And I think any football fan or Manchester United fan that says Ronaldo is part of the problem is absolutely out of their mind because the fact that he's still performing at an incredibly high level at the age of 37, he's still doing a 20 goals plus Mm -hmm. uh, season. I think he's only just behind Salah if you take away penalties in terms of the amount of goals that he's scored. He's dragged Manchester United out of losing positions so many times. He just scored a hat-trick recently. He's the only leader in the team. And the only reason he might be a problem for Manchester United is because he's a winner in Mm -hmm. a team of losers. And that's the biggest problem. So they look at him and they think, well, this guy is obsessive. This guy wants to win every game. This guy is, is, is shouting at us for not performing well. And that's exactly what he should be doing because he is surrounded by a bunch of guys that have won nothing in their career. The only guy that's won something is Paul Pogba, and he's decided not to play for Manchester United mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, you know, he doesn't have the greatest attitude, unfortunately. He doesn't, he doesn't have or doesn't seem to have the same love for the club that, you know, someone like Cristiano Ronaldo does. But, I mean, the fact that he's completely changed positions, he's gone from a left wing to a striker, he's still putting in the goals despite getting very little delivery other than the occasional through ball from Bruno Fernandes. He's the only light in this Manchester United team. I suppose one way that he could be holding back Manchester United's progression is that because he's performing so well, they might not be placing that much emphasis in replacing him which I think could be a problem in the future because I think a lot of strikers have been available and they haven't really been looked mm-hmm. at by Manchester United because we do have Cristiano Ronaldo. So I think we missed out on uh, Vlahovic that ended up at Juventus and we may miss out on uh, Erling Haaland and maybe one or two other striking options. But then with that being said, I don't think they would have wanted to sign for Manchester United at this point anyway. <laughs> um, so I think that's the only potential downside of having Ronaldo in the team at this point but other than that he has been the only player that has been performing at an incredibly high level for Manchester United and we you can see it when he doesn't play we lose when he does play we at least have a chance of winning Mm -hmm. yeah the last loss against the Liverpool it's uh, it's a total disaster yeah. Without Cristiano Ronaldo on the pitch. And don't forget, it's only because of Ronaldo that um, Man United reached the knockout stage of the Champions League with the goals against uh, VRL. What's the other game? In the group stages, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to... Um, yeah, I, I, know, I know which game you're talking about. Um, was it Atalanta? It was, it was, it was an yes, Italian yes, team. Was it? I think it was Atalanta, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, only because um, of Ronaldo's goals <clears throat> that they can reach the last 16. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that, you know, um, one player at a club of this magnitude is performing at a high level. Um, you know, there's just 
of course, like we said, the defense is the major issue, but also there's just a complete lack of bite and creativity in midfield. So we don't really have any guys that are making tackles and winning the ball back. But at the same time, we don't have any real creative spark besides Bruno Fernandes. And unfortunately, he also can't do the job on his own. Mm-hmm. Midfield is also a massive problem for United. And, so, you know, I hate to be such a pessimist, but like literally attack <laughs> midfield defense is the problem for Manchester United. Yeah, um, we talked about so many loopholes from this team, but um, at least Man United has realized that it's time to make a difference. Current Ajax coach Eric Ten Hag will become the new Man United manager from next season, replacing interim coach Rafael Rangnick. Ten Hag has signed a three-year contract until 2025 with the task of bringing back the successes not seen at United since the retirement of Sir Alex Ferguson in 2013. Brandon, what changes would you expect him, um, Ten Hag, to bring to United? I think he's a stronger character than we've had in the past. Um, you know, we have had the likes of Jose Mourinho, um, you know, and uh, Louis van Gaal, who have been very strong personalities. But at the same time, with those two particular characters, I'm not sure if their pride was as important as their desire was to be successful at Manchester United. I always felt like, particularly with Mourinho, yes, he did bring us a bit of silverware and he kept us consistently in the top four. Never won any major honours besides, I think, um, the Europa League and one other title. Mm-hmm. I think it was the, the, the FA Cup or something. Not the FA Cup, the, the League Cup or something the like that. League Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I always, I always felt like they were there doing a job, and they weren't necess- and they w- were more concerned about their prestige and their record than the success of Manchester United. And I also think that they were more um, concerned about imprinting their views on Manchester United and not kind of altering their views to fit the Manchester United way. Mm-hmm. And with Eric Ten Hag, I think what I've seen from him in the past is that he's a very strong character with a very strong ideology—excuse me, ideology of how to play football. Mm-hmm. I think he's very obsessive. I think he, you know, thinks about football twenty-four-seven. I think he's similar, in a sense, to um, the coaching style of Pep Guardiola in the sense of how dedicated he is in the training sessions, of how hard he works as players, about how detailed he is, and about how tough he is. I'm not so sure what his tactics will be like. It'll be interesting to see if he brings a similar blueprint from Ajax to Manchester United or if he tries to kind of alter his tactics to fit the Manchester United way, which is normally, you know, free-flowing attacking football that usually Mm -hmm. starts from counter-attacks. So it'll be very interesting to see what kind of mark he leaves on Manchester United. One thing I do know is that he's very... It seems like in the negotiations before deciding to accept the job, he wanted to be clear that he was in control of many aspects of um, the Manchester United team, particularly when it comes to tactics and also decisions on transfers, mm-hmm. right. which I don't think we've seen in the past from other uh, managers where I think most of the financial and transfer de- de- decisions were kind of made by accountants, essentially. So mm-hmm. I think it's good that he seems to be coming into Manchester United by wanting to create a project that's going to take Manchester United forward. And it seems like he's more concerned with the success of the club than his own image or his own prestige. Mm-hmm. Ten Hag has emphasized that he wants to be a true manager, not a coach. For you, how do you find um, Ten Hag's arrival to Old Trafford? Uh, just... Very briefly, I think uh, the f- 
one of the first things that he will do upon arrival at United will be to get rid of some players because just because he has the power and money to choose his squad next season. Um, what I've read in the news is that Ten Hag has a 200 million pound budget for summer transfers, mm-hmm. and uh, from his past experiences at Ajax, he is known for his success with young players. So I think、mm. we should be expecting some young new signings at Old Trafford this summer. Yeah, I do see that happening, but at the same time, you know, 200 million does sound like a lot of money, but with the revamping that Manchester United needs, it could, you know. May not even be enough. If we do make、mm. a lot of sales,、um, I think it could be enough. So it's just tricky though, because you know some of the players that we do need to get rid of came in for such high fees.、Um, so I don't see Manchester United getting rid of them. So for example, I don't see us getting rid of、uh, you know Donny Van de Beek. Maybe I don't see us、uh, losing Harry Maguire.、Um, so. It'll be interesting to see what he can do with two hundred million pounds, but there are so many areas that need to be addressed. You know,、um, we need a, a quality centre back, we need a defensive midfielder and an attacking midfielder, and I'd say we need、uh, an out and out striker if Ronaldo does leave, and a winger to、um, you know come in and、uh, support the likes of、uh, Jadon Sancho and Rashford, who have both been performing very poorly this season as well. I might add, so to bring in. People to have an impact in those positions. I think it's going to cost more than two hundred million pounds.、Mm-hmm. So, like for you were saying, and I think it'll be very interesting to see what he does with the youth, and if he does bring in young players, or if he's able to、um, bring in some quality players for not such a high fee. Because I don't think Manchester United will be keen on spending too much money on individual players for the coming seasons. Because every time we have,、um, if you think of the likes of Alexis Sanchez. Jaden Sancho, Harry Maguire—it's always been a spectacular flop.、Mm-hmm. So it'll be very inter- interesting to see what not just his footballing tactics are, but what he does with the youth in terms of the youth that's already there, or if he brings in youth, and also which areas he decides to address and who he brings in to address those areas and at what price.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、mm-hmm. um... it might take a few transfer windows to have everything、mm. sorted out to finally build. The squad that he had in mind when he took up this job, and、uh, for Ten Hag's first season at United, I don't think there will be immediate success. But at least there's hope that this is the beginning of a road to recovery. In terms of top four, I think、um, you know that could be potentially achieved in the next two seasons, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then to be competing for the title, I mean, to be competing with Liverpool and Manchester and Manchester City, who are not even planets; they are galaxies ahead of Manchester <laughs> United at the moment.、Um, I think that's like what you were saying. I think that's going to take a, a couple of transfer windows. I would say maybe five or six at least,、um, because there's so much clearing out that needs to be done first. And then bringing in people that are going to have an immediate impact is also incredibly difficult because it seems like money isn't the answer because、um, the de- the decisions that we've made and the money we've spent uh, has been uh, shameful, uh, <laughs> in, in my opinion, because the, the the crazy amounts of money that these guys are being paid and also the transfer fees that were paid.、Um, I think the financial minds at Manchester United really have some hard choices to make in the future because 
I think their jobs are on the line too. I think there's a lot of financial people at the, behind the scenes at Manchester United that are very concerned about their futures because they've made some shocking investments lately. Uh, I think there's going to be money available, but I also think that they're going to be very cautious going forward.、Mm-hmm. United has spent heavily on players from the past few seasons, but yet they haven't delivered yet. I think、uh, I think I saw a stat the other day that said you know since Liverpool、uh, since Sir Alex Ferguson left Manchester United I think United have spent over a billion pounds, <laughs> whereas Liverpool have only spent like three hundred and fifty million pounds. That's a shocking comparison, but、um, with Ten Hag being on board, I think the sentiments are turning to the optimistic side at least. Uh, many United fans are happy about this decision, and、um, I have long heard about United fans lying for Ten Hag, saying、um, he would be the savior for the team. However, now as Ten Hag is officially confirmed, there also emerged different voices、um, saying Ten Hag has never taken charge of a powerhouse, and he hasn't proved his capabilities at the big clubs. Some say he wouldn't survive one season with United.、Um, from a Man United fan's perspective, Brandon, are you optimistic about Ten Hag's future at Old Trafford? Is he the right I, right、yeah. person to United's rescue? I think so. I think with considering the options that were available, I think that he is the best option. I think uh, Thomas uh, Tuchel, of course, there was a consideration for him. You know, with Chelsea's situation、mm-hmm. and the whole. There was potential there, and I think, but I I couldn't have ever seen that happening. I think、uh, Pochettino, you you know, he he was incredibly successful with Spurs, and I think he could have been a good option. But I mean, that being said, he did move to a bigger club, and he hasn't achieved that、mm-hmm. much success with PSG, considering all of the stars that he has at his disposal. So I also kind of think that bringing in someone that's unproven at a massive club could potentially be a good thing for Manchester United because he will have so much to prove. And you know, Ajax is a big club. You know, I mean, they're not you know winning Champions League titles. They're not big money spenders. But I mean, they are a historically massive club, and they are highly respected amongst football fans. And he's done some incredible things with that team. He's brought through plenty of talented players. He's also brought in players that were previously unknown or unsuccessful, and turned them into successful players. So I think he definitely has a good mentality in terms of improving players and identifying players. And it seems like he's also good at、um, formulating tactics that suit the players that he has at his disposal, which we've also seen from the likes of、uh, Pep Guardiola and、uh, Jurgen Klopp. So I think that he's got the right blueprint to succeed at Manchester United. And yes, it is a massive step up for him,、mm-hmm. but I think that could potentially work in Manchester United's favour because when we have brought in ready-made managers. They kind of just brought in their own tactics and didn't really concern themselves with the running of the club or changing their tactics to suit the players available to them. And they and all of the managers that we brought in didn't seem as invested in the club as they should be. So I think we're bringing in a guy that's completely committed to a long-term project and has plenty of skills to back that as well. So I think that in terms of what was available and also what Manchester United needs at this point, I think he was the right choice.、Mm-hmm. For you, what do you think? Is Ten Hag the one to bring the glory back for United?、Um, I'm not sure about in the in the long term.、Uh, many years from now, if we look back,、uh, 
I don't know if he is still the best choice, but at least right now, yeah, like uh, I also said earlier, he might not have immediate success in his first season, but at least uh, he he gives people hope that mm-hmm. there uh, there is this is the beginning of a recovery for such a big club. And uh, if, I I think one of the things that he needs to do at the beginning is to uh, assert himself in the locker room mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. avoid putting himself in the same position that Jose Mourinho was when he was in charge. Uh, and, and I think if, if he can handle his players well, um, he has he might have a promising future at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's a fresh start and a fresh name. Let's see what differences will Eric Ten Hag make and uh, whether it's time for United to get back on the right track. Okay, with that, we will wrap up this episode of Sideline Story. For more information, you can also check our website, radio.cgtn.com. See you next time at Sideline Story.